<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great America Show. As we come together here, a lot is happening in this great country of ours. That's an understatement, of course, and there aren't many understatements on this broadcast. A lot is happening around the world as well. We're still fighting the pandemic. There are all sorts of cross signals coming out of the White House and corporate America as well about mandates, vaccine efficacy and treatments, and even the possibility, are you ready? The possibility that this pandemic could be nearing an end, but it remains only a possibility. In the economy, the virus is still slowing business, particularly small business, employees by the millions staying home, and the markets are volatile, to say the least. And politics even more so. A radical dim January 6th committee acting like something out of the Soviet Union era. The White House is a mess. Mr. Biden's answers were disastrous in his latest news conference, and his performance generated more questions by far than answers, and certainly generated more questions about whether he's fit to lead the free world. Questions about whether he can stand against Vladimir Putin and his designs on Ukraine. Xi Jinping and ambitions about both Taiwan and the South China Sea and beyond. Our special guest today is the 45th president of the United States. He is a leader who contended with all the forces working to defeat America throughout his presidency. And throughout his presidency, despite a subversive Democratic Party and hostile corporate media, President Trump made certain always that America was first. Mr. President, it is great of you to be here. Thank you so much for being with us, Mr. President. Uh, first, the audience. Well, thank I'm... you very much, Lou. Thank you, sir. Uh, our audience would first of all want to know about your well-being. How are you and your family? Well, I'm doing well. We have a lot of things happening. We're uh, watching the world, and we're watching some of the travesties, some of the things that are happening right now. And it's hard to believe when you look at what is going on with Russia and Ukraine. That was never going to happen under this administration. It was nothing ever like that ever going to happen. Taiwan will be next with China. And lots of other bad things are happening. It's, uh, And I think a lot of it started when we had that horrible uh, execution, the way they did it, and not keeping Bagram right next to China, one hour away from their nuclear plant where they make their nuclear weapons was disgraceful. I mean, we gave away billions and billions of dollars and much more important than that. But uh, the way they executed that withdrawal was a very sad day. And I think it's only been downhill from there. But that was as bad as the borders have been. And they've been the worst ever. I think that was the lowest point in the history of our country in terms of embarrassment. Embarrassment, a shock and uh, a day of, of national disgrace. Uh, and I think most Americans are, are still uh, gut sick at what they witnessed and what we know to have happened and the fact that Americans remain there. If I may, Mr. President, a lot of working Americans right now in this country are struggling, as you know. The pandemic, the mandates, closed schools, shuttered small business, high inflation, a slowing economy, 
fears for their families. I, I'd like to get your thoughts about, about the very people, the forgotten Americans, uh, who you serve first and foremost as president, uh, and your concerns about them. Well, I'm very concerned about the economy. Inflation is rampant, and uh, people are not working like they did. If you look at what we did, we had the best uh, wage picture in just about every other picture for Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, uh, African Americans, everybody, we, women, uh, people with diplomas, people without diplomas, every single group we were number one. And you look at what's going on right now. I, I think two things. The mandates are a disaster. I really think they hurt the economy very badly, really badly. And the other was the uh, energy situation. We were energy independent, and now we're buying for from Russia. I saw something out today where uh, we bought 18,000 barrels or whatever uh, during my last year from Russia, and now we're up to 206,000. Russia's doing extremely well, Lou extremely well with this whole thing. And I stopped the pipeline and now they have the pipeline. And we would have done great with Russia. We were going to do deals with Russia. We have, we could have done a wonderful thing with Russia, but uh, now the, the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dislike. And I think there's a lot of disrespect on behalf of Russia toward us because of what happened over the last year. They look at what's happening with our country and they're laughing. They are laughing out loud. Unfortunately, they're not alone around the world in that regard. Uh, and in this country, I, something that we didn't think we'd ever see. Uh, you, you talked about going from you created energy independence for America. Uh, it took this president less than a year to remove our independence and create dependency again. And now store shelves in many places are empty. There are shortages of all kinds of essentials for all kinds of products, they're bare shelves. The corporate media calls all of that supply chain disruption. But it is clear, certainly, that if corporate America had listened to you and put America first, hired American, bought American, brought their plants back mm -hmm. to the United States, there would be no so-called supply chain disruption. There would be no shortages right. and no bare shelves. Your thoughts upon witnessing of what we are witnessing today? Well, nobody ever even heard the term supply chain. This was the thing, let's talk about the supply chain. It was automatic. It just was embedded. And it was embedded in a free country, in a, in a, uh, a democracy. Uh, it was embedded in our country. Nobody, we didn't sit around and talk about supply chain. Now, all of a sudden, that's all the two words that people are using most, because you can't get anything. You look at uh, big grocery stores, big chains, they have empty shelves. 60, 70% of the shelves are empty in some cases. In some cases, more than that. They can't get food. They can't get clothing. I just did a book, which is very successful. They sold 240,000 copies. And we just ordered another 240,000, I guess, or more. And the publisher, the uh, the printer, who's one of the biggest in the country, I think said he has eight plants, he said, well, we have one problem. We can't get paper. We can't get ink. Oh we goodness. can't get glue. And we can't get leather for the covers. He said, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've never had a problem getting anything. It was too much. I could have made any deal I wanted. Now I can't get even paper. He said, I'm paying a huge premium to get things that normally I would have never even thought about. So nobody talked about supply chain. And now we have even that messed up. 
Our country is a mess. Our country is an absolute disaster. And what's happening on our border is not to be believed, what's going in and what's coming into our country, including drugs, by the way. Drugs uh, by the tons. Uh, At a record level. And you and Mark Morgan, your uh, commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection, uh, he now says the number will be 3 million illegal immigrants who have tried to enter the United States in President Biden's first year. Contrast that against what you had managed to do, despite the opposition of the Democratic Party, despite the opposition of the deep state uh, and many within your own party to be to build a significant part of the wall on that border to bring down illegal immigration to the levels not seen in in 30 years. Uh, Your thoughts? Well, we got the wall done and it could have been completed, totally completed in in three weeks, three to four weeks. And amazingly, he stopped it right at the beginning, which told me that either they're grossly incompetent or they are believers in open borders. But most of it's completed. And if I didn't have to fight for two and a half years, and don't forget, I had Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell fighting with me the first two years. But they really, you know, they they're subversive as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I got it done. I won lawsuits. I won 11 lawsuits and many of them from Congress and the Democrats. We won and we started and we did almost 500 miles of wall and really powerful wall. I got Mexico to give us free of charge, free, 28,000 soldiers to guard us because otherwise I would have had to put tariffs on them, I explained. And so we had the soldiers and we got the numbers down, the lowest we've ever been as a country, ever. There's never been anything like it. The border was very close to being sealed and... We did a great job, and we stopped the drugs to a large extent. I think drugs were down 60, 67%. Now I'm understanding drugs could be up maybe 10 times higher than the highest level ever. Think of that. 10 times higher. And that's the worst. some of the worst drugs in the world pouring through Mexico, right. in many cases made in China and sent over here. And it's the worst it's ever been. A year ago, it was the best it's ever been. Now it's the worst it's ever been. So we did a great job at the border. But, you know, when you when you remand those orders, when you take away the orders of what we had with remain in Mexico, in other words, when people came up, Lou, they had to stay in Mexico. Now, you don't have to be a super genius to know that sounds like a good idea. And they ended that. And they were just forced by the courts to go back to it. But now they're going back to a very weakened version. And now they can't get Mexico to agree to it anymore which I did very easily. They were great. The president of Mexico is a wonderful guy, actually. He's slightly different. He tends to be a socialist, but we got along very well. But, you know, uh, when you look at what's happening with the drugs, with the people, the human traffickers, the drug dealers that are pouring in to our country, Lou, they're destroying our country. You know it better than anybody. You say it better than anybody. They're destroying our country. And you talked about China. Uh, China is the source of most uh, fentanyl that is brought into this country. Most of that does not come through the ports on the West Coast, as you know. But I think our audience may be surprised to find that the majority of fentanyl, which kills thousands, tens of thousands of Americans every year, is coming across that southern border. And yet the Democratic Party is aligned with China. 
uh, corporate America is aligned with China because they want that border open. They want that cheap, illegal labor still crossing that border. Uh, it goes on. And meanwhile, the, the radical Dems, uh, the neo-Marxists, uh, simply regard it all as collateral damage, just so corporate America can have labor, so they can have open borders, and of course, more uh, prospective democratic voters. It's outrageous, isn't it? So when you look at what's happened, and when you look at, you know, they probably, I don't know, they have some crazy policy. You know, if they didn't cheat on elections, they're not a 50-50 party. When you have defund the police, when you have uh, no voter ID and sanctuary cities and weak military and all of the different things, high interest rates, when you have high taxes, they're going to raise your taxes like crazy. They already are. That's not a 50-50 party. They cheat on the election. We found that out very strongly. And that I guess that continues to come out at a very rapid pace. But it's really sad what's going on with our country. When you look at it, people... People are not even believing it. I will say, so I'll be in Texas this weekend. We'll be fairly near Houston, Texas. We're going to have a tremendous crowd. And I'm, I'm having, we're having more people show up now than we did before the election. And we were strong before the election. We did great in the election. You know, I said, Lou, I ran twice. The first time I did well. The second time I did much better. I got 12 million more votes. We did much better the second time. Absolutely. I said that to it, a reporter it, it, from, from the failing New York Times. I said, you know... I ran twice. Second time, I did much better. They looked, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, well, I got 12 million more votes. <laughs> right? And I was told if I got the same number, you know, most, most get the same or less if they run a second term. And you can still win when you get less. I was told by the, the smartest people in the business, if you got the same number, 63 million, you win. And we got 75 million. And it didn't work out that way. Uh, really a disgraceful situation. You know that very well. It's, you covered it really yeah. well. And I'm so glad you have the podcast or whatever you want to call it now, because your voice is so important, Lou. So important. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, you know, it's it's a very simple thing. We're trying to get to the truth. Uh, I, I was demanding uh, investigations uh, throughout. Uh, I personally can't say that one way or the other, uh, you know, that uh, the after an investigation, what would have been the outcome? But I do know this, and I think most Americans, when they're honest, know this. There were so many irregularities, so many anomalies, as mm -hmm. they're called, so many bizarre yeah. instances where it looked like someone was committing fraud, because otherwise, why would they put cardboard over windows to keep prying eyes away? And why would they yeah. push away uh, Republican poll watchers and not permit them near the counting process? Right. Uh, the, the list right. goes on, in Detroit. as you well know. Pennsylvania, Georgia, the list goes on, as we know. Uh, and yep. and the, idea, the idea that people are trying to stop the investigations that, do, that are underway. I mean, ball-faced. They fight like hell. Did not, Lou, they fight like hell so that the facts don't come out. But the facts have come out, and they're coming out all the time now. I mean, at a level... You see what's going on with all of the, uh, they accumulate votes and they put them in. You're not allowed to do it. So many different places. They accumulate, call it ballot harvesting, and they yep. accumulate thousands of votes and they just dump them. It's such a phony deal. This whole thing with the ballots, you know, with the, the mail-in ballots, 
it's uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing for this country. Well, this country, no one. We don't have fair elections. We don't have borders. Think of it. We fight for other countries' borders, but our own borders we don't have. And we had it. It was the strongest it was ever at that that we've ever had one year ago. And today we don't have borders. That's no. why China sends through the southern border, because there is no border. But they weren't well, doing that with me. We had it stopped. It's well, uh, an incredible thing. And and then when you look at what's going on with Ukraine now, I mean, this is just a lack of respect for us. Can you give us, if you would, uh, your thoughts about uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine, the obvious intent of Vladimir Putin uh, to to take over at least part of Ukraine, the eastern uh, portion uh, of Ukraine. And the fact that this president uh, simply will not say point blank, this is a NATO problem. It is a European problem. Uh, we're your allies, but where are you and where are your forces to, to contend with Vladimir Putin and, and the Russian military that's massing on Ukraine's border? Well, this is a NATO problem, and NATO is something that we, until I got here, you know, we were being ripped off. We not only got ripped off with trade from Europe, you know, they're almost as bad as China, as far as I'm concerned. They were ripping us left and right. And how many cars do we send out? How many of this? None. But they send their Mercedes Benzes and their BMWs. They send everything to our country. It, the trade was the one way. And then on top of that, we defended Europe because they weren't paying their bills. So when I got in, they said, you're not paying your bills. You got to pay your bills. You're delinquent. And they said, well, does that mean you wouldn't fight for us? I said, if you're delinquent, I wouldn't fight for you. No, that you're right about that. This was at a meeting of the 28 countries where uh, we're meeting and somebody asked that question. I said, no, if you're delinquent. And we had seven countries that paid and the rest of them were way short including Germany, by the way, which paid about half. I said, you got to pay your bills. And they said, does this mean that? I said, yeah, it does mean that. The next day, billions of dollars came in. <laughs> they said, we got to start paying our bills. So okay. I, I, I took in $400 billion from NATO countries, $400 billion. But the United States, until I came along, we were paying for almost all of NATO. They weren't paying. We were paying for it. And then I look at this situation and they want us to go over. But I will say that the, you know, what Biden said was psychologically very weak and very bad. He said, oh, they're going in. Oh, it was almost like an invitation to go in. Yeah. No, Mark, we don't want to see talks, that. But it was Mark like an invitation. It. He said they're going in. Yeah. yeah. Said, it depends on whether it's a minor incursion or not. And, yeah. and, and the White House <laughs> had to spend days trying to sort that out. They never did, of course. But now come reports that the, that President Biden is considering sending 50,000 of our troops into NATO countries uh, uh, to provide, I guess, Crazy. Uh, a force uh, against at, at least 150 to 200,000 Russian soldiers on the on yeah. this western yeah. border with Ukraine. To start World War Three. To start World War Three. Yeah. Uh, it's just all so crazy. And it would have never happened under me. It would have never happened. This this wouldn't happen. Taiwan, which will happen eventually with China, probably after the Olympics, would never have happened. Now bombers are flying freely over Taiwan. 
And uh, that would have never happened either. And Kim Jong-un is sending, I have a very good relationship, but he's sending a lot of missiles up and, and on a daily basis. It's, uh, our country is no longer respected. You know, if you don't have respect, I won't use the word fear, but you could use it if you'd like. Our country is no longer respected. And a lot of it had to do with that horrible, incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah. We left we left like we were uh, surrendering. I don't call it a withdrawal. It looked like a surrender. And don't I forget, I spoke to the Taliban, Lou. I spoke to Abdul, the leader, Abdul. I said, Abdul, no more American soldiers killed. They killed a lot of them during the Obama administration. And I won't go into the exact conversation, but needless to say, it was tough. And he understood it. And from that point forward, we didn't have one soldier killed. 18 months, we didn't have one soldier killed in Afghanistan. Think of that. And then we, oh, we I, leave I like we're a that. bunch of babies. I think 18 of months, often. Lou. It's, yeah. it's Abdul stunning thinks to, about it, too. Yeah, and uh, they're now meeting in Oslo to have a discussion about the way forward for the Taliban uh, and the, Euro the European countries. It's, oh, uh, can you believe it? I, I and really, they had a parade to parade our 85 and Lou, they had a parade to parade our $85 billion worth of equipment down one of their streets. Yeah. Okay. They paraded our 85 billion. How about this? 70,000 trucks, 70, you know, what 70,000 trucks. There's no car company in the United States that has 70,000 vehicles sitting on 700,000 machine guns and weapons of different kinds. Night goggles, the best in the world, better than we have. The latest model, fresh out of the box, Lou, fresh out of the box. You know, they're good fighters, the Taliban. They fight good. The Afghans are good fighters, but they never believed in fighting at night because they couldn't see. Now they can see. Unbelievable. Yeah, compliments of the United States. Well, and compliments of uh, the president who made it possible, uh, President yep. Biden. Uh, there are other fears as well for American citizens uh, th that come as a result of uh, confused leadership. I'll put it that way. The January 6th committee uh, effectively creating political prisoners in this country the, for the first time. Attorney General Merrick yep. Garland uh, calling uh, and apparently ready to prosecute uh, parents as domestic terrorists because they raised their voices in a school board meeting. The left telling us that Parents have no place in deciding about the education of their children. Uh, we've got a corrupt government, as you well know, that's turned against Americans. Uh, many Americans are afraid of their government now. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? There's probably never been a time like this ever. And don't forget, they, they went there to protest the results of the election. There were hundreds of thousands of people there, hundreds of thousands went all the way back to the Washington Monument and uh, bigger than any crowd I believe I've ever spoken to. You never hear about that. You, right. They never show you the pictures of that crowd. They show you the people going down to the Capitol and all of that. They never talk about uh, some of the agitators that were there, uh, probably Antifa and Black Lives Matter, etc. cetera. Uh, they only talk about certain other things. And there's a lot of footage. There's a lot of well, tape, a, and they don't want to release it. There's some significant Go ahead. Uh, suggestion that FBI uh, instigators were there as well. We don't know in what number and what role, but uh, we do know yeah. that 
uh, they do not appreciate the questions about their role and will not answer them even uh, when congressmen and senators are asking. So uh, this is a difficult moment. So hard to believe, though, because I do know a lot of the people in the FBI and there's so many great people. So, so hard to believe. But then you see that whole thing with the Michigan, Michigan governor, which didn't sound right to start off with when I first no, heard it. No, but you no, see no. what's going up there with her. She's yeah. another one. Yeah. And, and the, uh, look, and our, country's, our country's in trouble. Our country is in trouble. Our country is never – I don't think we've ever had a time like this. And the people are very upset. They're very angry about what's happening. They really are very angry. Is the Republican Party – uh, united behind you. Uh, I, are, are the Republican rhinos, are they willing to step forward and follow your leadership? Uh, are they ready to put America first? Are they ready to understand that you are the leader of the party? Well, I think so. I mean, everybody I endorse just about wins. You know, I'm uh, having almost unblemished records. Hundreds of people I endorse. Recently in Ohio, I endorsed a man who's a wonderful guy. He's uh, He ran for Congress and he won and a lot of people running against him and he won. And the people I endorse win. You, you, I think the record's 158 and two. It's, it's, a, it's a record that is, uh, I don't think anybody's ever had a record like this. Um, if you look at the governor of Virginia, without my support, he would not have won. You know, they like to say, maybe this is a new way where you can run without Trump's support. No, I helped him. He wrote me a beautiful letter. I helped him a lot, and I'm glad I helped him. Nice guy, good guy. He seems and, to be. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and he, you know, he wouldn't have won. And, uh, you know, when we, when we help, and, I, and no, I think largely it's unified. I think the Democrats have always been unified. Now they have a situation. I don't know if it's unification or not, but they have two people that are doing the right thing for the country. And they've become very popular in their states, but they're doing the right thing for their country. I mean, Democrats don't mind. It looks like they don't mind ripping our country apart. What they're doing is so bad and so evil. And that voting rights bill, they call it the voting rights bill. That's not a voting rights bill. That's a bill to make sure that only Democrats can get elected for the exactly. rest of forever. Exactly. Mr. President, I've got to ask you this, because we've had so many reports about McConnell being the source of the uh, attempted friction between you and Governor DeSantis in Florida. Uh, is it your sense that he was the instigator of, of that nonsense? Uh, that McConnell and McCarthy are working together to appear reborn as Trump Republicans uh, on one day and then whomever they may really be the next. Give us your thinking on that, would you? Well, I get along very well with Ron DeSantis. I endorsed him and he went from a tiny number, three, three percent, and he shot up like a rocket immediately the following day. And it was over. The election was over the day I endorsed him. And then I had to get him through the so-called star of the Democrat Party, who turned out not to be much of a star. And uh, that was the, he won the election. But, you know, I get along very well with him. Uh, McConnell is another story. Look, I endorsed him. He only won the election because of me, too. Look, he came to my office. Yep. He came to the Oval Office looking for help. He was down two and heading south. He was not going to win. He was running against somebody named Amy McGrath. 
And uh, she was a good politician. She was going to win. She had 91 or $93 million. She was ready to uh, spend it. And I endorsed him at his request. That is very strong because they like me in Kentucky and I like Kentucky. And I endorsed him and he went up uh, 20 points, 21 points when I endorsed him. Think of it, 21 points. He never went up 21 points in his life because he has a lousy personality. Who the hell is going to vote for him? So I endorsed him. He'd win very tight races. Give him credit for that. But he'd win tight races. And he went up and he won by 20 points. He never won by 20 points before. And if I didn't endorse him, he would have lost. And then he goes out and makes that stupid speech, which really was a bad speech for Republicans. Uh, so, you know, one of those things that happens in politics. In politics, it's a it's a tough and tumble world out there, Lou. But if I don't endorse Mitch McConnell, he loses. Yeah, you've heard, you know. But if I don't endorse Mitch McConnell and others, they lose. I mean, they lose. Kemp, the same thing. If I don't endorse Kemp, he doesn't win in Georgia. Now he's got a very strong challenge from David Perdue. And I think David Perdue is probably going to do very well because they're angry at Kemp because of what he did, how he screwed up the elections in Georgia. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we have a tremendously strong base. We have, uh, I think, like no other. So when I go to Texas this weekend, they could have 70,000 people. I think they had 73,000 people uh, two weeks ago in Arizona. Think of that. We had unbelievable numbers in Alabama. When I went to Alabama, we had 63,000 people. And, you know, the people are, they're looking for hope and they are angry, a combination of both. You know, that's uh, just about, by my calculations, that's that's about what uh, many people said uh, that was about the total tally for for Biden in 2020, <laughs> those numbers. But uh, I don't remember ever well, saying it. Well, it was pretty strange because I'd go to like to Arizona <laughs> and I'd have 42,000 people show up three times, two or three times, I think three times. And Biden would go and he wouldn't get he, he literally couldn't fill up the eight circles in front of him. You know, they had those big, beautiful circles, which were artistically done, but they couldn't fill up the circles. And then you hear you lost. You lost. How did you lose? And, I can't even. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. I know how it's most, a shame for this country. Yeah, I know how my uh, my family and I and my friends uh, uh, felt uh, in disbelief. Uh, and shock. I can only imagine yours and your family. Uh, it's a uh, yep. And I think that as Americans look around at what is happening right now, uh, they would have missed you mightily no matter what. Uh, and I won't speak for them, but I will speak for myself. Uh, we miss you mightily, Mr. President. And uh, well, thank we wish you. you all of the best. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's just great to hear your voice and uh, your vision. Uh, the country desperately need you uh, in every capacity that uh, that you want to uh, to embrace. Uh, we hope it's, uh, f as they say, for the whole enchilada. So uh, thank you, Mr. President, for being with us. Uh, we're very grateful. God bless you. Well, thank you, Lou. It's an honor. And say hello to your family. And I'll see you soon. And it's so important that your voice is out there. And everybody appreciates that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. Thanks, Lou. Well, there you have it, the 45th president of the United States. And I have to tell you, I've been an advocacy journalist for a very long time. 
I will never tire of advocating for the 45th president of the United States. Uh, and yes, I sure do hope he is the 47th president of the United States. I know most of you certainly do as well, if not all. I think probably all. Uh, what a what a, a great, great uh, discussion we had. Uh, it was just wonderful to hear his views on, on so much uh, and so much that is critical. Uh, the outcome to the conflict in, in Russia now that could spread to you, the Ukraine, uh, the South China Sea, where we've got two carrier groups, or uh, Taiwan, where we must, uh, we must be prepared to defend uh, that great nation. Uh, its independence, its courage uh, is remarkable and worthy of our support. And I hope that uh, this administration will not go all wobbly on a, a great democratic nation who deserves its autonomy and its independence. We thank you for being with us. We, uh, we thank you so much and look forward to our next discussion. Thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs. God bless you.